the abduction phenomena, contact phenomena, people who are either taken or perceivably taken by these beings, or even it could, I believe it could be that their their consciousness is projecting these experiences not to say that they're not real but they're taking place in a different density or a different spectrum or an astral realm which could be just as real as this reality but i i believe that a lot of the extraterrestrial and paranormal experiences where people have contact with entities may be taking place in a different spectrum of reality yeah. correct and this one experience showed me how important it is to be aware of what timeline you're on of what you're believing in, and to always keep an open mind don't let your mind fall out of your head but you always get all the information you can before committing to any belief and still you may not even want to then but this experience it, it turned into a puzzle box i had these portals and they were going to show me what a false reality can be like yeah every every week i <laughs> i have a show that that really blows my mind i can't say that there's one topic in particular but it's the way that everything connects to each other the, the true nature of our reality and how the extraterrestrial ufo phenomena connects with our consciousness that also connects with ghosts and the paranormal it also connects with magic and mysticism and i think just the fact that everything does lead to another in some aspect is probably the most fascinating thing that i I've experienced throughout all of it so welcome everyone Today we have an interview with Chris Matthew from Forbidden Knowledge News. And Forbidden Knowledge News is a podcast that you should check out for sure, or you can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all the other apps. And Chris is very passionate about paranormal subjects and anything from UFOs to psychedelics, spirituality, meditation, etc. So, Chris interviews guests that talk about some of these subjects and some of these people are some of the biggest names in the world and he has hundreds if not thousands, maybe even over 1000, I'm not sure, but definitely hundreds of these interviews in long format on his podcast and I appeared twice on his podcast so you might want to check that out as well but I decided to talk to Chris today and he shares his story with us so Chris for example same like me had been impacted by using magic mushrooms same like me he had some big big revelations and we're gonna talk about it in this episode of true theory podcast and this is a definitely interesting conversations another thing is that chris launched his first documentary a couple of months ago which covers some of the occult history of louisiana because louisiana is actually one of the most paranormal states in the u.s and Chris grew up there, so, so he made a documentary talking to experts, covering 
supposed Bigfoot uh, sightings or things like I don't know, werewolf sightings and voodoo and so many other things. So we are kind of jumping between the topics, but definitely spirituality, metaphysics, paranormal, psychedelics, a little bit of everything. So before we're going to get into the interview, I need to say one thing. Because in the second part of the interview, we touched very briefly on some of the topics that Big Tech doesn't like, and I'm not going to say it here. I decided to split this interview into two parts. So if you are watching the video version of this podcast on YouTube, you will be able to watch only part one on YouTube and part two is on Rumble. And Rumble is like this kind of uh, alternative to YouTube. So you're going to see the links in the description if you want to watch part two. And if you are listening to this podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or some other apps, you will be able to listen to the full version in audio. So that's what I wanted to say about it here. And one more thing before we're going to get into the conversation. So if you are someone who is watching or listening to my content regularly and you enjoy it, please consider becoming a YouTube supporter. You can become a YouTube supporter for as little as three bucks and it's not much for you, I hope, but for us it can make a big difference. And depending on the support level on YouTube, when you become a subscriber, you can get access to some exclusive perks. You can get access to hidden Telegram group, for example, where you can suggest topics, ask questions, um, suggest guests, you know, all sorts of things like that. And this helps to fund the podcast and uh, gives you good karma back. Also, January, February, it's a good time to start moving forward and get into a good shape mentally, physically, spiritually, right? It's a good time to make changes. So maybe you want to check out my online course called Exit the Matrix. All you have to do is go to truefury.com forward slash academy and you get a full comprehensive course with 30 modules that help you to figure out what is blocking you from reaching your goals and help you to transform your life in all sorts of ways in relationships, career, figure out your purpose and it has guided meditations and other things so it's an amazing course at very 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 little price, very little cost because you can get it for only 60 bucks at the moment still all you have to do is use the coupon code Black Friday together at the checkout. I'm still offering this deal throughout January for sure and February hopefully. So go to truefeel.com forward slash academy and remember to use the coupon code Black Friday at the checkout together. And enough of me talking. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Chris Matthew. Okay.
Okay, this is Mike Sigula from TrueFury.com, and this is TrueFury Podcast, and my guest today is Chris Matthew. Chris is a host and founder of Forbidden Knowledge News Podcast, a documentary filmmaker and a researcher of the paranormal and occult. He has interviewed hundreds of world-renowned researchers and authorities in the fields of esoteric science, philosophy, mysticism, spirituality, and so on. Chris is also the director and producer of the forbidden documentary Occult Louisiana, which covers the mysteries and the occult history of Louisiana. So, Chris, welcome to the show. Hey, Mike. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining me. Uh, So I'm looking forward to hearing your stories because uh, I appeared on your show twice already. Thank you for that. And I'm normally, uh, you know, you you can produce so much content. I'm always blown away (laughs) with uh, your pace because uh, whenever I check some of your interviews, there's just so much stuff there. So I don't know how you're doing it, but... uh, Yeah, I do it just because I have nothing better to do, honestly. (laughs) No, it, it keeps it keeps the revenue flowing. It keeps my blood flowing. It keeps my creativity flowing, and it's something that I've been passionate about. So it's uh, it's pretty easy to put it out there because I really enjoy doing it. So that's where that's where I'm at with that. The amount of content. <laughs> yeah, no, I like the range of subjects you normally focus on, and uh, you also I know you had. A lot of experiences with psychedelics, which is something my domain as well. So I hope I'm gonna hear some stories from you. But maybe we can start uh, if you could just give us a summary of, let's say, your awakening journey, and uh, you know, like how you started and uh, all the story till now. Sure, sure. And again, thank you so much for having me. It's always nice to be on the other side of the microphone in this conversation sometimes. So thank you again. Uh, Yeah, my journey started in about 2012. And that's really just when I started to become aware of the hidden reality that we are surrounded with government corruption I wasn't really into the spiritual aspects at that time, but it was opening up. I had, I was in a corporate type of job and I was making pretty good money, but I was miserable doing this. And I, at the same time, I had started doing research into all the topics that I now cover from the occult and extraterrestrials to government conspiracies and health and all these types of topics that eventually became dangerous to talk about. But back in 2012 and 2013, I was just kind of becoming aware of a lot of these things and just diving into as many rabbit holes as possible. So I just decided to start a Facebook blog because I had to do something with this information. I'd try to tell my friends and family and they thought I was crazy. So it's like, I don't know, someone someone has to be into this stuff. So I started a, a Facebook blog, and it it picked up pretty pretty quickly. A lot of people started reading my articles and, and things like that. But I I quickly decided that I needed to, to feature people who knew more about some of this information than I did. 
So I started reaching out to some of my favorite authors and researchers and people that I've been looking into on different radio shows and the podcasting had just kind of started to pick up then they had a few podcasts that I was listening to as well but mainly just from the all of the wonderful hidden topics from hidden history and the occult and everything like that these uh, amazing researchers that I had been looking into at the time and I reached out to them and I started a YouTube channel where I would started interviewing these people. I also did different reports about things happening, strange things happening around the planets and UFOs. It was a little different whenever it first started, but it was mainly focused on Facebook and then YouTube. We did the YouTube thing where I would interview some people. And eventually I came across my friend Charlie Robinson, who thank God suggested I start a podcast and uh, I did so. He hooked me up with my now producer, and um, we started that up, and that very quickly started to pick up steam, too. And in the beginning, we started the podcast around, oh, man, about 2015 or 16, so it was mainly a YouTube channel for a couple of years. 2016, we start the podcast, and that starts to pick up a little steam. Uh, in no way we're making enough revenue to have it be a career type thing at that time. Uh, I was still working my, my corporate job, doing corporate sales, and I was miserable doing that. And I really wanted to transition over to this full-time podcasting thing. And I didn't see at the time how I would be able to do it. I... um I was also, during the same time period after starting the podcast, going through a bad breakup, kind of like a stalking situation. I had to get a restraining order against this chick. It was pretty crazy. Uh, but it at that time, it really triggered a seeking in my spiritual side, and I, I wanted to, to find out more about mysticism and metaphysics and how it all connects to me personally and if it even does and really i started exploring that side and i i, I was kind of lost in a way and i i started to meditate and was horrible at it at first couldn't really slow Can my I, mind down i really just, couldn't yeah sorry i want to say one thing so it's interesting yeah. how you said you were kind of leaving the toxic past behind you yeah in terms of your job and in terms of your uh, personal life and kind of moving into the new path in life simultaneously, these two areas were kind of happening in the same period, right? Because yeah. uh, career, you know, you moved into something you love doing mm -hmm. and with your um, personal life, you left this toxic relationship and then this kind of triggered the spiritual path as well, right? Correct. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so th then I started meditating, and it, like I said in the beginning, not much success, couldn't really slow the mind down, but I felt as this this was something I had to do because there, there's a lot that I needed to work through and probably heal, and at the time, I didn't even realize that. I just had the intuitive feeling to start meditating, and like I said, same time, stuck in this job, trying to do the podcasting thing. It, after work and on weekends and really wanted to, that to pick up going through a bad relationship. So I was trying to find answers and one evening I did. And I was, um, 
I was out. It, 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 uh, it happened very strangely. I was just outside talking with a neighbor and I saw what looked like three bright orange flames in the sky and the try in a, like a triangular formation, just going up very slowly. And I was looking at it. I was trying to get my neighbor's attention to look at it. And he was oblivious. He didn't even want to just kept talking and talking, but I was looking at this thing and all of a sudden it looked like it just shot up and blinked out of existence. And I honestly don't know if this has any connection to anything. I've just, it's just part of what happened mm -hmm. the same evening and maybe it had a connection. Maybe it didn't, but I just filed it in the interesting category in my brain and went on with the evening and decided to try meditating again. And I was after listening to techniques from friends and colleagues and people that I interviewed, I was trying some things and put on 432 Hertz tones and did a few things and was able to get into a deep meditative state eventually. And was also able to make contact with what I now understand as my higher self and various spirit guides and probably ancestors that eventually came along and introduced themselves. But it started with my higher self that was communicating with me. And I thought either I had gone crazy or it was some sort of maybe acid flashback. I didn't know what was happening at first because I knew that this, I, I'd never communicated with myself in this way. I never talked to my, it was a, it could tell it was an external voice and I felt this incredible feeling of love surrounding it. And, you know, it, it, the voice proceeded to say, it's time for us to have a conversation. You've been seeking some answers. If you want to get to a place where you are content and happy in your life, you're going to have to heal some childhood traumas, some uh, relationship issues, all kinds of things that it's, you know, we're going to, it also said that we're going to be heading into a very difficult time in the near future. And this was right at 2020 when this happened. But they, and uh, sorry. go ahead. Um, so was it like downloads telepathic, let's say, where you just know or yes. more like you hear a voice in your mind? It was, <laughs> it wasn't a voice. It was, it Just was like something like downloads. instant instant communication, instant downloads. It was emotions and images that just kind of automatically translated into this form of language where I understood what it was telling me. And it kind of translated into this kind of voice, but it was an inner voice. It was like your own kind of voice, how it talks to you sometimes. And you know how you have these weird thoughts that come out of nowhere and you're like, was that me thinking that? So kind of like that, but it also was associated with a very powerful emotional feeling of love and just this knowing, like you said, I would just know and understand what this, this voice, this conscious entity was, was telling me. And it continued for about an hour. I was even able to, pop out of the meditative state and walk around my house and still communicate with this inner voice for a while. Eventually it faded away, but it gave me, it downloaded me with all sorts of information, things that I can do to start healing myself. One of those was plant medicines. It came along in the conversation, magic oh. mushrooms. <laughs> and it was very interesting. I was like, really, is this, you know, I haven't thought about psychedelics since I was teenager, early twenties. Is this just my inner child trying to rock out and party again? I don't know what was going on, but that that's one of the things that came up as well as, you know, just 
things that I started needed to start looking into in order to further my career in this whole podcasting thing, because the voice said, that's what I need to be doing. I need to quit my job as soon as possible because it's horrible for my mental and emotional state, which it really was. I dreaded going to that job every day. Uh, so eventually I, I had a couple of other meditative sessions with where this voice showed up. There was a very profound one where I had images of being on a craft that's the only thing i can describe mm -hmm. it as and these multiple etheric entities showed up beaming love at me and <laughs> they were all like cloaked entities and they looked to me like these animal hybrids i understand mm -hmm. now that they were all um, kind of like what i understand as cosmic ancestors they were all connected to me in some way telling me kind of reinforcing what my higher self had said the previous and giving me more information on how to proceed with the next steps of what I should be doing. And one of those was first quit my job at, you know, I had very, you had a little bit of money saved and I didn't want to do that because that was terrifying to me. Uh, start exploring plant medicines, consciousness exploration and start researching certain topics metaphysical uh energy manipulation things like that and um all kinds of wonderful information on how to proceed but i was terrified to do so eventually my job got so awful and i got so mad one day <laughs> i just said fuck it excuse i don't know if i can say that sorry but uh i pulled out it's okay my, uh, you can say it <laughs> okay so i said fuck it i pulled out my 401k at the time my producer Corey had moved in with me temporarily and I was like, look, I'm quitting my job. Let's, let's make this podcasting thing work at the time. We're only making a couple hundred dollars a month off the whole podcasting thing. And I took out my whole 401k and I was like, I got to get, I was in a small town in South Louisiana, which I had lived there most of my life. I said, I had got to get out of there. Got to quit my job. And we just took off to Colorado. I'd always wanted to go to Colorado I always went to see the mountains and we started out in Denver and within a few months, it was a terrifying few months, probably almost closer to a year it took. We started actually making money on the podcast and eventually we would be able to pay rent and eventually we'd be able to pay rent and eat. And it, it snowballed into something very amazing that we weren't expecting and I get the sense it's just because I took that leap of faith to do so. And it was something that I, I was, you know, supposed to be doing in a sense. So that's where I'm at now. And the podcast eventually took off. And within a couple of years, I got the download after doing plant medicines. And there's plenty of stories there. But I got a download to do a film, a documentary. Mm. And uh, within a few months i took a trip back to louisiana and decided to make my first film about louisiana and all its high strangeness because it, it's the most one of the most paranormal locations in the united states it has such a rich history and i went and filmed interviewed people uh got a bunch of footage went visit uh, some amazing locations got all the content i would need and then started producing it. At first, it was going to be pro. Uh, we wanted it to be like a three-part mini series, 
30 minutes each, but that was a little difficult to produce. So we turned it into a 90 minute film and uh, yeah, it's coming out on multiple streaming platforms in the next few weeks. So we will keep everybody updated. It's been picked up by stash TV and a few other ones we're expecting to be. Uh, so we're going to put out a list of all the places people can get it as soon as they appear on those platforms. And we're very excited about it. And we're actually starting production on the next film. So that is where we're at with Forbidden Knowledge News. Kind what of a long-winded think, answer. Um, yeah, thanks. What do you think why uh, Louisiana has a lot of paranormal activities? And uh, can you tell us a little bit more about some of these topics i started watching the documentary two days ago haven't finished yet yeah but uh you know uh let, tell us a little bit more about it um what do you think about why why this place is special mm, I, th I think there's several reasons why first off is be probably because of the dark history that surrounds a lot of what unfolded in Louisiana. You have everything from the slave trade, which was very big down there, plantation homes, lots mm. of dark history surrounding that, lots of uh, unlawful deaths and horrors that you couldn't imagine that were done to the slaves. Um, so that puts out some dense dark energy and then we have this history that most people don't even know about which i covered in the documentary and that is the pre-native americans that could have been connected to extremely advanced civilizations like At atlantis and these mound builders that would build these advanced structures and probably cities that don't look like anything like they would back then but i had dr gregory little talk talk about it and that history goes back much further than anything we could have ever imagined documented in fact older than the pyramids so i cover a lot of our interesting history and i think uh, in combination with the history and the the dark energy that beat from the dark things that unfolded i think that there's also this just underlying energetic properties that lie in the swamps in those areas you mm. can feel it when you walk out there there's this dense energy and i know that there's not really a ley line going directly through some of those areas there's some near them but i don't think it's necessarily have to have a ley line going through to have some of these strange energetic properties it's probably like i said a combination of a lot of things and I think it affects people that live there. There's a lot of, a lot of suicides, a lot of drug abuse, mm. a lot of alcoholism, and people feel trapped at times in some of those areas. So it's a, it can be a very dark place. But I, you know, I enjoy growing up there. the The people there are amazing and incredible. It's a beautiful landscape, and it just has this strange dark energy surrounding it uh, in many places. I. Notice, I mean, when I was checking the movie, you guys talked about uh, Dogman, right? Which is a werewolf, right? Yes. So can you tell us a little bit more about that? Because yeah, um, apparently yeah, yeah. there are some witnesses there, right? Yes, we have, there's plenty of witnesses. And this Dogman, it's, it's, it it's, as far as I know, a global phenomenon. But 
I focused on the ones in that have been witnessed in Louisiana, and I have a one particular witness. His name is Scott Pace, and he's not only seen the Dogman, he's seen Bigfoot and many other types of entities. But, okay, I he said he saw Bigfoot and Dogman same evening or something like that yes yes he did uh, th- to me that sounds almost uh, too good to be true <laughs> it does doesn't it well i'll tell you a little bit about that and um well scott he's just i was skeptical at first when i heard about his story i've had him on my show multiple times i've went to his house i've sat down with him i've talked with his wife I've talked with his neighbors this guy had no interest in any of this stuff before he had his experience and he's just a humble hunter. He goes to church every Sunday. He's not looking for notoriety. He's interested in this stuff now because all kinds of crazy stuff happened after his first sighting, which was of a dog man and a Bigfoot at the same time. Um, so the dog man is basically, like you said, a werewolf type creature, very tall, uh, humanoid. It has a big snout, and we most of the audience probably knows who Bigfoot is. Well, Scott was out hunting deer. And he was in his deer blind, which is like a little elevated tower thing that that hunters will sit in and wait for deer to come by. And he said he noticed, first of all, his rifle was vibrating and he'd never seen anything like that before. And he kind of grabbed it to stop and he sensed that there was something out in about, I don't know, 20, 30 feet away from him. So he picked up his phone and he saw something moving in the brush and he tried to see what it was on his phone and took a picture and he enlarged it. And he he said, wow, that looks like a big guy, a big man. (laughs) So then he says he picks up his rifle because he wanted to see what it was. He wasn't trying to, you know, shoot at this thing. He was looking through the scope to get a better view. And he saw, he said he saw it was, it had to be about a seven to eight foot tall humanoid covered in hair with black skin uh it it had matted type of hair with dreadlocks like you would kind of see if you would be in the swamps for a very long time in the dirty swamps of south South louisiana this is how these creatures hair would probably mat and he said it was a bigfoot and shortly after he he senses there's something else. So he pans the rifle over, I think to the right or left, one of the sides of this creature. And he sees what he only describes as a seven or eight foot tall humanoid with a dog's snout and hair all over the place. He said it was much lankier and skinnier than the Bigfoot. And then on top of everything, he starts to sense that these things are psychically communicating with him. Like I was, Like I was telling you that I had this psychic communication with my higher self. This voice showed up in his mind and said, put the gun down or I'm going to come up over there and kill you. And he sensed it was coming from this dog creature. Then he hears this other voice say, no, he's not pointing the gun at you. He's just looking at you. Don't do that. Scott doesn't know what to do. He's never experienced anything like this before. He tries to think back to them or project thoughts to them that he's not going to hurt them. And he hears this just extremely loud commanding voice say, get out now. So he does. He packs up everything and starts running out of there. And he says when he looks back, he sees about three or four very tall humanoid creatures slowly following him out, I guess, to make sure he leaves the area. 
after that, he just starts having all kinds of insane experiences within the the coming months and years from oh. witnessing more Bigfoot and Dogman to now he has missing time and he has memories of extraterrestrial beings. So does this all connect? I don't know, seemingly so, but it's very, uh, very, very interesting. And uh, Dogman is is seen throughout the United States, and it's uh, it can be they. From what I hear, there's different types of manifestations of this. Some are more metaphysical. It seems like it's a ghostly or almost etheric presence, and some say that it's a very physical thing. And I have Tony Merkel in my documentary. He talks about how this guy's dog was ripped to shreds by one. So it's a very, mm. very interesting thing going on there. Yeah, I um, I noticed that in many myths, there is a lot of truth because um, let's say, I don't know, you have this myth of a ghost that can float and move through walls. And uh, I had an out-of-body experience and I was floating, right? I was kind of hoovering. So all these things always come from some kind of real stories very often. So I would not be, um, you know, I think this wouldn't be so surprising. And I heard uh, from some other people who, for example, would uh, check with whatever it was, uh, Yeti, for example, apparently they're more like fourth density race. So they kind of same like you have elementals that they will exist beyond our frequency in fourth density. And uh, one time on mushrooms, I had uh, some gnomes or something, two of them, they were just staring at us uh, when we were having a session in the forest. So I've, I think this there is a lot of this stuff, you know, all these things exist probably, if not physically, um, most likely, you know, in a higher density. So something like that. Yeah, I would have to agree. I think that... Especially in, if you look at Scott's case, once you have this initial experience and your perception changes and your awareness changes and you accept the fact that these entities are real, it changes something in your consciousness and your psyche and you're seemingly able to perceive other things that are also around you. Like it, it's progressed from the Bigfoot to shadow people, to other small creatures in the forest, to, like I said, now he's having missing time. He has accounts where he'll wake up and have memories of seven to eight foot tall extraterrestrials escorting mm -hmm. him down a ship hallway and things like that. So it's very interesting how these things can progress there. Yeah, this is interesting with missing time and uh, some kind of abduction uh, accounts because this repeats quite often with people mm. yeah 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 it certainly does and i've i mean with especially with what i've done on the show the abduction phenomena contact phenomena people who are either taken or perceivably taken by these beings or even it could, i believe it could be that their their consciousness is projecting these experiences, not to say that they're not real, but they're taking place in a different density or a different spectrum or an astral realm 
which could be just as real as this reality, but I, I believe that a lot of the extraterrestrial and paranormal experiences where people have contact with entities may be taking place in a different spectrum of reality. Yeah. Um, so another thing I wanted to ask you, because you had mostly experiences with mushrooms, right? When it gets to psychedelics. Mm -hmm. Have you tried ayahuasca or any other? No, I've, um, I've, I've used LSD whenever I was younger. Um, that was actually the first psychedelic I ever took and just did it as a teenager in early 20s as kind of like a party thing. And it was very irreverently used and <laughs> didn't have much respect for psychedelics at the time. And I hadn't really I tried mushrooms a couple of times as when I was younger and didn't really have the positive experiences that I had now. I, I, I know it's probably because I wasn't ready to have those experiences. So I had forgotten for years about psychedelics and until I started having do, doing this show and having guests that talked a lot about the connections between our consciousness and how psychedelics can affect it and ayahuasca, magic mushrooms, how these can be doorways to our perception and communication tools with different entities and ancestors and even your higher self. So yeah. I, and I didn't really even become interested in, that until i had my my first meditative contact experience where that was brought up and i started kind of looking into it and synchronicity started to happen where guests started to come on about psychedelics and i became more interested and eventually when i moved to colorado i started growing my own mushrooms which are now legal here and oh. uh, that's that's a wonderful thing but yeah so i started growing my own and having my own consciousness explorations and very very profound experiences there uh i'm sorry i, I might have lost track of your question uh no i mean uh <laughs> it's funny yeah i had a very similar experiences so when i was like 1920 i was experimenting with mushrooms and lsd on parties or with a bunch of mates doing stupid stuff and uh first time i had a like this spiritual experience so so i had a break for like 12 years or something and then at 33 i had this uh big spiritual experience when i kind of became my higher self and i could see reality all of reality at the same time from from that level and other stuff but um you know i think it's sometimes it's like when you are too young and you are not developed fully yet, um, they're not going to work as they should for these types of bigger experiences. Perhaps, you know, when you're like 20, for many people are still not fully mature and things like that. Mm -hmm. But it's also once you kind of get on the path and, uh, you know, become interested in spiritual subjects or start doing something about it, then you are way more likely to have these big experiences. So what's like out of uh, all the experiences and sessions you've done, what do you think was like the most interesting from some of these experiences? Oh, man, there, there's been quite a few. I, I think probably would be the experience i had with one of my one of my exes 
<laughs> now I had um, I had been doing these personal consciousness explorations by myself for for a good while for over a year. Uh, you know, probably once a month or every other month, and I'd have I wasn't really taking heroic doses at the time, probably about two to three grams, which was enough for me at the time to have, you know, to get through some blocks and have some, get some information going and have some experiences that were somewhat pro profound until I had, uh, I was, it was with one of my exes and we're no longer together. And I think this had a lot to do. With it. <laughs> uh, so she had never, supposedly never done mushrooms before and she wanted to have an experience so i was going to facilitate and you know kind of help her out with her first experience so she started out with just a couple of grams like i i did i think i took two or three and um she after like an hour hour and a half she said she still didn't feel anything you know she, she said she felt sleepy kind of <laughs> and uh, I, this is very strange so i was like look we'll give you some more there's no way you can really overdose we'll keep it up i think it we ended up giving her like five grams total <laughs> first time first time, first time experience. <laughs> she didn't she's uh, I don't, and I was I was whacked out of my mind. You know, I was very much having an experience, and I knew these mushrooms were very good. So this was very strange, and I, you know, I still have my suspicions and things that go through my mind as to why. But I won't bring that up or anything here. I will tell you what happened though. So <laughs> she doesn't feel anything. I'm having a very profound experience. And she also, I should, should note, is probably still a, a psychic healer. Hmm. And she suggested, well, hey, would you want to try and do some regression, maybe get to some childhood trauma? Uh, I, looking back, may have been a mistake, but I said, yeah, let's, let's do that. So she proceeds to guide me to a, a childhood memory that was traumatic, and it, it seemed to be working. You know, I, we... It's, it seemed to get to the root of everything, and it was a very profound and enlightening experience, and I felt amazing after. And within a few minutes, uh, note, again, she still says not, didn't feel anything the whole time. <laughs> uh, so Finally, I, finally, she got smashed. <laughs> no, 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 no. So I, no, the, I'm telling you, the whole time she says she never felt anything, but I... I turn around and look at her and we're having this conversation seemingly seemingly normal and all of a sudden we're having this conversation and it becomes darker by the minute and I don't and I'm kind of failing to understand exactly what she's saying but it sounded like she said you know I found you a long time ago when I came to this planet I attached myself to you. I gave you love. I brought you where you are now. I and now you're you're not gonna love me anymore. And I'm look. I said what? I looked at her, <laughs> and she. I should you not. In my perception, she shape shifted into this giant reptilian being. <laughs> she was even a couple of feet taller than my girlfriend was, and she had big teeth, big yellow eyes. Dude, eyes said. 
oh shit i ran out of there i'm looking behind and this thing is chasing me down my house saying what you don't love me anymore <laughs> like oh my god i run to my basement and at this point my whole house has changed into something it's like i'm in a different dimension there's bars on the windows i look outside the sky is blood red there seems to be like spider webs and mold everywhere and i keep a clean now this is not my house i'm like what is going on i was freaking out i've managed to lose her in the house somewhere i don't know where she's at so i just run upstairs to my room i close the door I don't, i'm freaking out i don't know what to do it's like never had an experience like this this is uh, you know i've done psychedelics a lot they never an all-encompassing change of my reality like this and I don't know what to do. So I jump in the shower and I just start running water and praying. <laughs> I'm like, like, God help me. What is going on? Please, God. And within a couple of minutes of praying, I feel this like rumble within myself. And this voice comes out of me, I imagine. And I didn't say it. I hear it, though. It says, no, you're being deceived. And after that, after that happens, I start puking up this black, I shit you not, this mm. black substance into the tub. And it went down the drain. I kind of wish I would have saved it looking back to examine what the hell I puked up because it was viscous and black and looked like tar. Mm. But after I did that, the, everything just popped back to normal. In fact, the lights were brighter than ever in the room. I felt like I was, I felt like this loving presence around me again. I felt like this powerful love and everything was back to normal. <laughs> I walk outside and my girlfriend's sitting on the bed and she's just kind of like, uh, I saw what happened. She's like, I think some sort of entity took over and was took over your perception and was trying to do something to you. And so I just started praying and meditating and just looking back at the relationship I had with this person, it was a suspect to begin with. Things really fell apart after that. I started <laughs> to see this other side of her that was very negative, uh, very materialistic, very cold and I just got this gut feeling, no, I should not be, I should not be in this relationship. <laughs> so, you know, it may have been a reflection of something about her or it could be something else. I don't know, man. But did you discuss, um, because that's what you heard when you said she started getting darker and darker with the, you know, what she was saying. Did you discuss ask her if she said what you heard? Yes, I did. Yes. And, and she, she what said, did she say? She said no. She was said that she was saying something completely different, that something about where she was from as a kid. Mm. But I, that it's very strange that I didn't hear any of that. And it, what I did hear is even weirder. So, you know, take it for, for what you, you know, with a grain of salt, it, it is an experience with a psychoactive substance. Although it was like, a doorway to seeing what was in the future in a sense. Yeah. You know, it was know, very interesting. I hear these stories that it's not a good idea to do psychedelics with your fiance or your partner. Uh, well, now let me tell you this. Uh, uh, I, before you go too far with that, I, my fee, my current girlfriend, well, my, she's of my fiance now. 
we grow mushrooms together and we have experiences all the time together and they're always beautiful. They're always wonderful experiences. They're always loving. I think it okay. just depends on if it's cool, the right cool. person or not. Okay. You know? <laughs> Cause uh, I remember uh, a couple of years ago, I read biography or autobiography of Richard Branson, you know, mm. the billionaire guy. And he said something that he was doing LSD with his girlfriend when he was young and he ended up, I think, having sex with her on LSD. And he, like, she looked like a monster or whatever. And after after, <laughs> after that, uh, he just said, like, he lost interest in her. <laughs> so, well, you know, like, maybe it could be a reflection sense. of something energetic about that person. You know, yeah, that's what I think maybe. it could be possibly that the mushroom was trying to show me something negative about this person that i shouldn't be involved with and that's kind yeah. of the in conclusion i came to no yeah, no like if you say now it's uh completely different with your well, partner the, the, the reason moment. i say that is looking back at all my experiences the mushroom has never lied about anything <laughs> i may have misinterpreted things i may have let my ego get in the way of certain messages but it has never led me in the wrong direction it has never given me a false truth it i it was my interpretation that may have been wrong about the experience but that's one thing that i can always take away is the mushroom isn't going to lie to me. So there was some truth in that experience. I just have to manage to perceive it in the right way, if you know what I mean. What about um, encounters uh, with entities, beings, for example, some kind of, uh, I don't know, some other very interesting stories on psychedelics? Oh, yeah. Well, um there have been so after that experience i've noticed that it it opened up a new level of communication with my guides my spirit guides my higher self and i started to sort of remember my spiritual mission and my soul mission here and what I should really be connecting to in my work and mm. where I should be going in the future with my work. So uh, that doorway of communication kind of got blown open after that experience, as well as meeting my now fiance, who oddly enough encouraged heroic doses because she had done <laughs> heroic doses. And mm. after that, my experiences got way more profound and the, the level of information and contact i've never had a a bad experience with this um mm. you know the the closest thing to a bad experience is what i've just told you with th that ex-girlfriend and even then i feel like i needed to have that experience to learn because i learned something from every experience but some of the most profound after i started doing the heroic doses one of them was very interesting it uh my entire room heroic you mean like five seven grams something like that yeah uh, it was like six grams yeah 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 um my entire room turned into like this i can only describe it as a puzzle box with different portals mm. and my my guides told me that if i wanted to have an experience in perception of 
correct timelines and perception if i'm if i'm living in a a truth or if i'm living in a false belief so so for example say i believe i come across something that a guest tells me like the secret space program hmm. and i blindly go and believe that everything this guest tells me is true and i start writing books about it and i start doing mm -hmm. conferences just because it's one guest information well it, if it turns out this one guest is full of shit my whole reality and paradigm would crumble because I focused on that one timeline of information. This experience showed me. And you're spreading false information. Yes, and, yes. To others and affecting other people. Correct. And this one experience showed me how important it is to be aware of what timeline you're on, of what you're believing in, and to always keep an open mind. Don't let your mind fall out of your head. But you always get all the information you can before t committing to any belief and still you may not yeah. even want to then but this experience it, it turned into a puzzle box i had these portals and they were going to show me what a false reality can be like mm. <laughs> and it was it was very interesting these experiences like first they showed me this kind of secret space type of reality where i was it kind of like a matrix type of reality where I was a pilot of some kind of ship and that I was uh, born to fight aliens and all these ridiculous things that happen in the secret space program. And it walked me through this whole like lifetime of that until the end when it all collapsed on itself. And I realized that it was all bullshit and it, mm. it kind of like collapsed on me and I couldn't breathe and I realized, oh, that was a false reality. They had another one where... But, sorry. Um, yeah. So do you think this was shown to you to not believe in some false ideas without, you know, saying that this is particularly like the secret space program is a false idea? Or I'm not saying that particularly be... is a false idea. I'm, I think this was more about being aware that there are bullshit ideas mm. out there and being careful. So that was careful. just like an example. Just an example, yes. I believe okay. it was an example. I wasn't. I don't believe it was really trying to tell me the secret space program is bullshit, although I do believe that there are aspects that are bullshit. It's just mainly a, a cautionary thing to be careful in what you believe in, be careful in mm. what you focus your time in. Because if you focus too much, put too much time and belief in something, it could get you started on a very dark path. Uh, the, the other example was that uh, I had been genetically altered to be some sort of AI in this future and that all the humans were really these AI robots and some kind of ridiculous concept. But the point was it was a false reality. I went through this whole lifetime of this belief system. Mm. And again, it just crumbled on top of me. And I went through like two or three of these portals that were all like false realities before I ultimately found one that was just my reality and i felt it and i knew it and i had a sense that this is the, the real thing and i lived through it and it was just my life and nothing collapsed at the end and it was just i felt like it was my guide showing me how to be become aware of basically bullshit in this reality and be careful what we latch on to and believe in
Yeah, that's interesting uh, because like they probably showed you, first of all, the more you're going to focus and believe in something, the more you're likely to create such timeline and version of reality. Yes. And also then you affect others as well who start listening to you and believing that so they can contribute to building that timeline or, you know, version. And this is important with the type of impact we have in information because, you know, you impact hundreds of thousands of people, for example, I, I and, and, you know, some of these people are going to listen to exactly what we tell them or what we believe in yes. or whatever, or some of our guests. And uh, that's why I'm, I'm very cautious with, like, who I uh, pick, for example, even as a guest, you know, or... Mm-hmm. Because I, I don't like to, like, I some of the things I used to believe in in the past, uh, I don't believe in now. And I see a lot of flaws in some of the biggest names out there, you know. So kind of really have a very specific uh, perspective on many things now. Yeah. But uh, another thing, you know, it's funny how mushrooms kind of, let's say our guides on mushrooms explain to you how to like, let's say run your business or do your work because I had these types of sessions. I remember in one session I was on mushrooms. I would see an example of uh, what's this guy's name, Uh, Ralph Smart, you know this guy, Ralph Smart, Infinite Waters. He is like a black guy, very popular on YouTube, has 2 million followers. No, I'm not sure. Ralph Smart. Okay, Um, I'll look him up. So, yeah, I've been following him for more than a decade, and he's one of the really most successful YouTubers in spirituality in these types of subjects. Mm Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, like I'm not saying, you know, I agree with everything, whatever. But one thing about his approach is always that he's very nice. You know, even when he talks about dark topics, he's going to make it like, hey, you know, I send you love and blah, blah, blah. And, And it's kind of like people, even when they comment and things like that, they like to get that energy from him because even when he's like trying to expose something, he always has this positive attitude. And I was being explained on mushrooms, showed him as an example, because I I had this attitude of attacking corporations or elite, you know, with memes, with my like, oh, you know, let's hate them, blah, 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 right? So I was explained that the more I do it, the more this comes back to me in different forms. So if I have this energy, you know, trying to expose the dark through attacking it, then it comes back to me in different forms. So the way I should try to talk about these subjects is to do it as he is doing, you know, just more in a very, like, change the tone, right? Because, uh, and uh, and then, you know, I had some other things like uh, in that session, I was being shown I should do more lives, you know, like uh, appear to people, come connect with people. But even think about it this way, um, you know, let's say someone like David Icke, you know, I'm, I like David Icke overall. I 
interviewed him like a decade ago, um, you know, back like in 2014 with Luke Rudowski from We Are Change. And uh, like maybe 15 years ago, I was very much into his work. Uh, but now I, I think sometimes about like, I see he has a lot of um, like this kind of mentality of attacking the negative, let's say. And I think it comes back at him in different forms when people ridicule him for his ideas. This is kind of the same energy coming back, you know? Mm. So, so it's very important how, like, what tone you put to the way you present information. Because you can see someone like Terence McKenna, for example, who can talk about the most bizarre ideas, you know, mechanical elves, uh, mushroom evolution theory, whatever. Like, he can talk about whatever. And he just has a attitude without attacking anything, without being sarcastic too much, without ridiculing anyone or anything. And he's taken seriously by even big scientists sometimes or whoever, right? But someone like Dave Black, for example, even though I, you know, nothing against him or anything like that, I, but sometimes, you know, with different attitude of attacking and being sarcastic and things like that, he attracts all these people who ridicule him for his reptilian theories, mm. even though he's not the only guy talking about it, right? So, so it's kind of like this is what I was being shown to, to be very careful how I present my information, you know? Mm. And with timelines, this is very important, interesting that you had these uh, insights on mushrooms as well, because this thing was like one of the biggest topics in my sessions, always about timelines. Mm -hmm. I was being uh, warned about negative timelines uh, for years before COVID hit. It was like since 2015, I was being shown that, you know, if I'm going to be choosing the service to self path, which I had sometimes in the past, there's going to be like, I was being shown this is going to be like complete darkness. It was a symbolic, you know, but I was being shown that the earth's going to just become dark and whatever. And I didn't get it. Like, I didn't get what what is, you know, what I'm supposed to be doing, why I'm doing something wrong, why this is being shown to me. And then literally after some of these warnings, COVID hit, you know, mm. and everything just went like, like I was getting in these visions that it's just gonna, the world's gonna start turning into, um, you know, something dark and it's gonna progress. And uh, and uh, so I was getting a lot of in insights about this stuff as well. And really, this is very important because what we focus on and what we contribute to, especially now when things are accelerating very fast, we are creating so the more you know we let's say i don't know we contribute to capitalistic society the more we become service to self whatever or less authentic the more we experience this version of reality because we're literally shifting to that constantly and, and now it's like instant almost mm -hmm. so yeah it's, it's kind of uh, interesting you, you're getting Similar ideas in different ways, completely different uh, examples, maybe your own version of it, but a lot of mm. the same kind of teachings. 
Yeah. I thought, I think it's interesting what you said that our energy that we're putting out has a very great effect on not only what we're, the information we're putting out, what we're creating, but the people around us as well. I had a great example. I guess the other day was talking about energy work and body work or massage. If that masseuse is having a, a totally shitty day and, you know, hating the world and then they're going to work and they're putting that energy into mm. directly into someone else's body, that probably is going to have a counter effect other th uh, opposite of healing you know than than being desired because of the negative toxic energy that this masseuse or whoever is putting out and this is across the board in everything that we do and the work that we do every day in the information if we're talk show hosts or podcasters that we're putting out there the energy behind the information the attitude behind it it all has this energetic effect on our reality and it, it and in what the outcome of that will be and what comes back to us as well so yeah that's that's very spot on i um I th that's something that I've been really kind of has been thrown in my direction a lot just to keep me aware of that, keep me aware of the energy that I'm putting out there, that I'm interacting with people with, the information that I'm putting out and how I'm doing it. It's a great point. Yeah. Um, sometimes that's why I worry about some of these uh healers reiki healers or any kind of energy healers mm. because if they're not clean mm -hmm. you know themselves or they drink alcohol whatever this kind of probably gonna affect what you receive yourself as well and i i see it like now i feel like because we are at the peak you know with transition into higher density and things like that and I think these things just manifest instantly almost like there is no so like in the past you had maybe delays with things like that you know now it seems to be almost instant like some time ago for example I had to I was kind of like in the morning I had my mom I was stressed you know I had a lot of work and my mom would just disturb me with some uh, pity things and I kind of got a little bit angry at her you know and it was just like because I was you know stressed whatever and and I had to sort out some like bureaucratic bullshit somewhere in the center like completely not my thing so I went to um sort it out and uh and with this attitude you know i came with this kind of angry attitude and the straight away the woman dealing with my case was exactly the same way like you know rude to me and then i realized yeah it's me you know i'm i'm manifesting her because i came with this energy so i switched to being polite and nice and straight away she switched as well and the next person she sent me to you started being nice and polite again so so it's kind of like you know it's all these mirrors it's really really important um mm -hmm. what we do how we how we do these things yeah what about um so you know you have a lot of guests with so many different subjects what's like let's say one of the more interesting things you learned or 
maybe like you know topics that you found very interesting in the last periods or something like that you know some some or maybe some episode that you've was mind-blowing for you from all those people that you interviewed is there anything like that that kind of really oh. stands out for you yeah every every week i <laughs> i have a show that that's really blows my mind i can't say that there's one topic in particular but it's the way that everything connects to each other the, the the true nature of our reality and how the extraterrestrial ufo phenomena connects with our consciousness that also connects with ghosts and the paranormal it also connects with magic and mysticism and i think just the fact that everything does lead to each another in some aspect is probably the most fascinating thing that I I've experienced throughout all of it. Um, also uncovering things from our, our ancient past that really point to how advanced we probably once were the knowledge that we collectively had as humans, uh, the, the technology that was probably much different than our materialist type of uh, reality and technology that we utilize now and probably more energetic and serving to humanity as far as beneficial in many different ways as you know the technology we have now it's only for not it's not for humanity's benefit it's only to entertain us it's only to make people money it's only for all these materialistic purposes and i think we had a much bigger purpose a much bigger outlook as a civilization in our ancient past and that's very evident by all the things that we're finding out as far as our megalithic type of construction methods the spiritual practices and knowledge of the stars and knowledge of science and everything that that our ancients had compared to what we now display so some those are some of the things as well as the possibilities of things like uh, bigfoot or dogman that these there may be some sort of creatures out there whether they're flesh and blood or more metaphysical that exist and can interact with us in certain ways and these certain areas that they have seemingly a a hot spot for or a, a large collection of paranormal type instances like skinwalker ranch there's another one called the meadow i just interviewed recently mm. the lead investigator trey hudson who used to work for military intelligence and they've got incredible things going out on out there like portals opening up and he's actually had team members that walked into a portal they disappeared from from the infrared radar from all the camera systems they were undetectable until they found their way out of this portal and the temperature changed they they ran into flora and fauna that didn't exist in the mm. area outside of the portal when they were inside of the portal. So the temperature changed, they had different plants around them and they had to find their way out. They could, they couldn't come out the same way they went in. 
and they came out of this like what appeared to be on on this on the infrared camera this black cube that manifested and the team members stepped out of so yes crazy stuff man our reality is much more interesting than than we could ever imagine this footage is available somewhere yes so uh meadowproject.com I think it's or the meadow project.com, something like that. If you look for Trey Hudson, T R E Y H U D S O N, he's the lead investigator on this. You can search for the meadow project. And this is a undisclosed location in the Southern United States. They still don't want to give away the location yet. Cause there's mm. so much craziness going on, yeah. but yeah, you okay. can find footage footage of this, the, the, his team members walking in and out of this portal. I saw it first at a conference a couple of years ago where they first uh, they first premiered that footage, and it was it's incredible, man. It's some of the the craziest stuff I've ever seen. But they have not only that; they have these little extraterrestrial beings that show up, orbs, lights, UFOs, UAPs, things moving around, electromagnetic activity. They even have Men in Black coming visit them. So mm-hmm. there's all kinds of crazy stuff going on there. Okay. So the portal was organic, most likely. See, they, they don't know. It, it It gave off a negative heat signature when it showed up on the infrared camera. It showed up as this black, just cube, like a black, huge, 20-foot by 20-foot black square. I believe mm. that's what he said. And they saw it on the infrared, and they sent a few team members out to investigate. And when they got to that area, they disappeared from the camera. They disappeared from the radar. They disappeared from everything and reappeared when they managed to find their way out of whatever they walked into. So whether it's organic or not, I don't know. I think these portals may be something more energetic. They may be this hidden energy that surrounds us at all time this which if you want to call it zero point energy a fifth state of matter that can be manipulated in some ways to access these different realms of reality okay interesting what about um have you ever looked into like past lives or maybe through psychedelics or have you learned anything about your Starseed origins? Did you learn I anything have, about I've, like... I've learned a little bit, but nothing I'm really ready to talk about because it's not clear enough. Mm. I've had a few experiences where I believe I may have been shown past lives, although it's still, like I said, it's not. I'd have to go back and really focus on something like that. Um, but no, I haven't had any direct past life experiences, um, but I've had plenty of guests that have discussed it and i find it to be a very interesting topic and i do believe that we experience different lives but i it may be different than what our understanding is possibly that we're experiencing all these lives simultaneously that there are infinite timelines unfolding at the same time and we're experiencing these all as well as the past present and future all at the same time that can be accessed kind of like kind of like the pages of a book that are just always there and at any time you can open that book and go to cer- certain time and space and live that experience uh based on you know it, the understanding of our level of energy manipulation and quantum physics and time space and all of that, maybe if we can gain an understanding, we could access these different types of realities. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a, always like this debate between, you know, is there parallel life, let's say, all versions, everything, mm. or like some kind of continuation that, you know, you are at this level, but you had this number of lifetimes? Because I think, let's say you are here in this body now, and uh, you had to go through some kind of evolution from, let's say, split when you made this beginning of the cycle and you became the unit of consciousness. So there had to be a progression till now. Um, and uh, I think you could say these are the past lives. Mm. Uh, I don't know. I because I've been shown a lot of this stuff on psychedelics, you know, and, and I heard about these things. I, a couple of years ago, you know, I tried to find it, but I, I couldn't. It was uh, research, I believe, from Stanislav Grof. I don't know if you recognize this guy. He's a Czech psychiatrist who was uh, doing, he's very old now, 90 years old. And he did a lot of studies with LSD, you know, they had like thousands of participants or something. And I think, you know, it was like years ago, but I think it was looking into it. They, a lot of these people had uh, experiences of past lives on LSD where they would, some person would describe being a, some kind of uh, whatever it was, like a lizard. Mm. And she said, ah, oh, you know, she would see a male lizard or something who had some kind of colors, you know, like lizards has these kind of colorful things or whatever, and that she would find it attractive in him. Or uh, someone would say, oh, I was a star, and, you know, what it was like to be a star. And I had these experiences where I would see myself in bodies uh, that were not human. And, uh, you know, I know other people who had these types of experiences on psychedelics, and I would feel personality of this being, you know, uh, everything like how I could experience through the senses of this being. So sometimes, you know, I had like, for example, one time because I have a, my ex-girlfriend, she's my twin flame. And uh, we know because she's been doing, she's psyche, she's been doing a lot of, uh, you know, remote viewing and things like that. And I've been shown a lot of lifetimes together as well. So one time I asked on my during my session, how many times did we incarnate together already? And the answer came thousands, you know? So thousands of incarnations when we were like experiencing lifetimes together. So I think there is like some kind of progression and, you know, but, but at the same time, you probably, like, let's say you finish now, you can go back in time, depending on your evolution at this moment, you can move backwards in densities, for example, things like that. Uh, yeah. Uh, but what, what do you think about, uh, do you know anything about Ashayana Dean? Have you heard about her? I have. I haven't read much of her work. Um little bits and pieces here and there. I've had plenty of guests discuss her work, but I think it's interesting. And I, she is, a, she has channeled this information. Is that right? 
Yeah, she claims that she has, uh, you know, like this group called the Guardians. Mm -hmm. Now, um, channeling is very interesting to me. I've I've done my own channeling, especially in recent experiences with psychedelics, but mainly for me, it's coming through my higher self and my spirit guides, and it's never anything having to do with anything external. It's usually about my self-healing, things I need to do to better my life. So I wouldn't say it's channeling for anyone else but me. But I've come to understand that channelers, you have to be very careful because there are intelligences and entities that are out there that take advantage of channelers and people that yeah. are attempting to connect to some of these energies and they have this trickster essence and they are either feeding them bad information because it's beneficial to that spirit or they're feeding them bad information because they're a trickster and they think it's funny or for whatever reason this entity is not being truthful with that person or it's posing as something else and it may give a lot of truth through the sessions, through the channeling experiences, but then there are some things that you come across that makes no sense and it doesn't match up with any of the other information. And I'm not saying all channelers are given bad information or connecting with something nefarious. I think there are a lot of genuine channelers that are connecting to something very, very beautiful and something very intelligent that they are communicating with what they say they are but there are probably plenty of them that are getting this information and just going out there and spreading it because they believe it to be something that yeah, yeah. this entity told them that they was yeah i agree i think you gotta be very careful with channelers uh, i see so many People like, oh, I channel the Galactic Federation and, uh, you know, all this stuff. Like, apparently, Galactic Federation is like millions of different beings. So who the who do you channel? <laughs> or like Pleiadians, there's like 900 yeah. stars in Pleiades with every probably has several planets, different densities and billions of species. So it's kind of like, you know, it's funny. Mm. Um yeah, I always yeah. found it interesting, channelers, that immediate the information that came through from the beginning was always about healing the planet or other people or all these external things, and they never gave them information about how to heal themselves or make them their own lives better. That's usually a red flag in mm. my eyes because for me... I couldn't even begin to have any other type of mystical experiences until I started healing myself, getting healthy, healing past traumas, getting my own life straight, getting in better relationships. Then things would become more clear. Then I could understand more of the information coming through. But if immediately some entity approaches me and starts giving me information about the end of the world or alien invasion or how we need to save the planet instead of how I need to save myself – that's probably a red flag and it may be something that doesn't have your best interest in mind. And that's just my that thoughts on that one. Yeah. And I think you mentioned something important here as well about, um, I've noticed that, you know, my kind of experiences and awakening journey and level of uh, depth in every level, you know, with my spiritual development or like, 
experiences was always progressing when I was more ready. So, you know, in the days, back in the days, I used to party a lot and I drink alcohol and things like that. And um, if you think about, like, if I would have some of my experiences now, back then, I would either uh, not, you know, use them properly, they would be polluted or uh, maybe couldn't handle some of these bigger ones. So it's kind of like the more I became ready and I did the work and you know, started getting deeper and more serious about it, the more it was unfolded in front of me, you know. I think this is the kind of uh, important thing for a lot of people that you, if you want to go very deep, you got to, you know, align with that path. Now, you're not going to start doing some really crazy advanced things uh, when you're not ready for it. Mm. Like, for example, I started doing Qigong uh, around whatever, 2006 or seven, and I became very interested in like healing methods, uh, practicing, tra- trying healing methods, absent healing meditation practices. So I was already preparing myself with energetic kind of, you know, pranic work in different modalities for whatever it was, like two years or something. And it wasn't like, you know, wasn't anything that I planned for something bigger because, I like, when I got into Qigong, I, I thought this is going to help me with my joints. I had some issues with my joints, and I, I thought this is going to be helping me. But actually, uh, the reason behind it was very different because that's prepared me for a Kundalini awakening, which I had. So first, you know, you you kind of clear the pipes. You mm. increase the flow of Qi through these practices. Once it's higher, then you can have an upgrade because I had an instant upgrade when I became sensitive to energies. Like I had this experience where I smoked a little bit of weed, went to bed, and I had this like white light appeared in front of my forehead. It was like sending me energy for like 40 minutes and I was shaking in bed, you know, like crazy. And after that, I became sensitive to energies. I started feeling trees, you know, started feeling aura, chakras and things like that. And stayed from that moment, stayed till today with me. And I was explaining and started feeling my guides as well. You know, they tap me like sometimes when I'm not paying attention, someone's putting finger in my ear or or like I get yes, no, you know, answers about questions and things like that. And then I was explaining on mushrooms that this upgrade I had was something I agreed on so I could have this communication. But it happened because I was already preparing myself through you know, two years before that through these practices. So it's always like, um, it's if you want to go deep, you need to like align with the path and start putting the work. That's the kind of uh, my my view and uh, let's say a little advice for people. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I would, I owe everything to 
listening to my guides about becoming healthy and about clearing out all the negative trauma and childhood nonsense and bad relationships and negative thoughts and things that were keeping me in a lower vibrational state. And once I started really just listening and doing that, starting with getting my, my body healthy, what, what I was eating and exercise and all that, then eventually going and working through some emotional and childhood traumas and realizing the relationships that I was getting in were always toxic. So fixing that and it was a very progressive thing. And then I was able to open up new types of experiences like an example recently, uh, whenever I have a higher dose experience there are times when i am taken to what i can only perceive as this astral type of classroom where i'm able to actually have a pen and paper physically in my hand and take notes as to what my guides are telling me about things that i can do to make my everyday life better tiny rituals things of uh, awareness meditative techniques Magic, magical practices in some ways, manifestation techniques. They, you know, taught me how to integrate my creative work into this physical realm in a way that it will be not only beneficial to myself, but everyone that interacts with it, basically putting as much positivity and love into everything I'm doing. And, uh, yeah, I, I totally agree that you got to clean up your own stuff before you can get on to bigger and better. And yeah, I think, you know, this is something I'm teaching, let's say about in my course, exit the matrix, which is like this, uh, video course I created that whatever is out of balance in you. So like you said, you had your own issues and traumas and, uh, you know, things that were affecting you. Very often, the people in relationships, for example, that we attract will reflect some of our unhealed aspects. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so like the types of relationships we get into very often will reflect our own issues, our own imbalances, our own shadow aspects. And I guess, uh, you know, like you said, you had a bunch of these relationships where it seemed like that, right? That 100%. it was a, some of your own reflection of your own aspects as well, right? Yeah, pretty pretty much every relationship I've been in until now have been that to certain degrees or another. And it wasn't until I started actually realizing my own self-worth and standing up for myself because a lot of these were somewhat abusive relationships, whether they were, you know, physically or or mentally verbally abusive the people that i would choose were very detrimental to my emotional state and you know caused a lot of um caused me to kind of block off a lot of the positive that could have happened in my life because i held on to those people because i thought at the time that's what i deserved that's all i could experience because that was my state of mind and until i started realizing that i deserved better and needed to stand up to myself to some of these negative energies and 
set boundaries and not work on not attracting those negative aspects of myself, that's when I was able to find attract people that were beneficial in my life and had my best interests in mind and were part of my, you know, soul cosmic tribe, if you want to say. But do you think uh, maybe the reason why you were attracting some of these women who are sometimes abusing you or toxic was because like you would be too kind or like taking care of others too much or always oh, giving all the more, time. <laughs> more to others than to yourself, right? This all is, the time. Yeah. Anything but help myself. <laughs> this is, uh, you know, this is one of the most common patterns that I see when I do one-to-one coaching. A lot of like people like star seeds or people who are into these types of topics like spirituality, but they're very often giving, like they don't respect themselves, but they love others too much. And then they attract these people who treat take them as dangerous. Yeah, take advantage. So this is a very common thing. Uh, I, I say this is like the lack of self-love kind of um, mm-hmm. imbalance. And the more, so so it's really like, oh, you say yes to everything because you feel like, ah, oh, if I'm going to say no, what are they going to think about me or whatever? And then it kind of attracts more of, these people who take advantage of you yeah this is interesting that you also had it (laughs) i had it as well yeah yeah many 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 people many like you said people in this spiritual space are who are really you know seeking their own spiritual path often fall into that and the hardest thing for a lot of people to realize is they can't really help anyone until you you help yourself so yeah, what what do you think about the next um 10 to 20 years let's say do you think there's gonna be i i think we it's likely we might have a split in society where you know because we're having this transhuman agenda where technology is expanding and uh, people like Elon Musk try to chip us and World Economic Forum, all these people. And there's going to be a lot of people in society who are going to line up for it, align mm. <laughs> one by one. Uh, and uh, yeah, there was like this, you know, Sam Altman, the guy who is the CEO of uh, ChatGTP, I think he asked people to like scan their uh, eye socket you know eyeball and take pictures for ai you know so it's kind of and and was giving some crypto currency coins for it and people were just lining up for it so it's like yeah you know like let's just give everything all our data biometric data information let's build it up from us and then it's going to work against us or it's going to take us over or we're going to become its slaves so it's there is this trend and yeah i think it's possible that there's going to be a split where we're going to have some people who are going to decide to be organic you know left maybe off grid or whatever and then you're going to have matrix slavery types with neural links in their heads what do you think about um, the next 10 to 20 years? And uh, like, you know, obviously I'm sure you also think about like shifting to 4D, 5D. What's kind of your view, how it's going to unfold? Well, do you think, 
do you think we're gonna have maybe some economic collapse or things like that what's your yeah I, i mean that i think is is inevitable that we're going to have a, a, to a certain degree and i i i don't like making any predictions much less doomsday predictions i think that w- it's inevitable that we're going to go through a time of growing pains as humanity, that things may not be that easy in the, in the upcoming years. But you said the key word is a split in society and that's already happening like right in front of our eyes. We have these groups of people that are becoming aware of the corruption and the dangers of being entrenched in this transhuman society and everything that they're pushing towards and are backing out of it and i think that there's more people than they would ever want us to know doing this i think that it we may even be the majority people who are free thinkers people who don't want to participate in this dystopian reality that they're trying to manufacture for us but uh, the split is already happening and i think it's just a matter of non-participation in things that you don't align with and it's going to be difficult at times because they're going to take away more and more things more and more conveniences more and more material aspects of our reality to entice those people who are entrenched and align more with those material things to try and come over to that side, come over to this transhuman dystopian reality. Mm. Because if you don't, you won't have these toys. You won't have a driver's license. You won't be able to access food. You won't be able to access this and that in this society. So we have to build our own society. We have to build our own systems so that we don't have to participate in that dystopian realm. And I think it's starting to happen. It needs to happen quicker. It needs to happen more. It needs to be on a much larger scale than it is right now. Although I, I think it is starting to happen. Uh, and the future could be anywhere, man. The, the desired outcome is obvious that they want to break down society enough, get us scared of our own shadow enough globally to where we rely on these systems for protection and control. There's also, I believe, rogue groups out there, breakaway civilizations, breakaway groups that aren't directly part of the power pyramid that are trying to have different ideas for humanity that may have some better interest in mind than what we consider the death cult globalists. I think there's plenty of different breakaway civilizations or groups that are trying different things. And eventually, I think it could all come together for humanity's benefit. But there's going to be a period of time where it's very difficult, where it's all clashing against each other. And we're trying to figure things out. And I think we've been we've been shaken awake since 2020. We weren't yeah. thinking about these things collectively before. We weren't thinking about real solutions, real connectivity to nature and God and spirituality like we are now because we were shaken awake by these false flag operations, by these agendas to put forward this dystopian reality. But in my eyes, it didn't work. It backfired in some levels, and it was necessary. It was necessary to shake us awake. And now we've got a large group of society that's thinking differently and that's splitting away from the trajectory of a train going directly off the tracks into this technological dystopian hellscape. So I have hope for that. 
And I think as long as we continue to plant the seeds like we do in these shows and like others do when they're telling their family at dinner, don't go get this shot because it's dangerous or things like that. We need more of that. And as long as that continues and people can no longer deny these things are true because the evidence keeps mounting and mounting and it's getting harder and harder for the powers in control to deny the truth of some of these things, especially in the medical realms. So uh, we've got it's an uphill battle and those in control are going to do everything they can to keep the the free thinkers and the correct timeline, if you will, from, from flourishing, they're going to throw everything but the kitchen sink like they're doing right now. We've got supposedly disease X coming up this year, along with probably a global conf confrontation of some sort if this Israel-Palestine Israel uh. thing keeps building. So we've got the tactics. We've got the Hegelian dialectic. In, in it's rolling out right now. The problems are rolling out. Their reactions are happening, and they're going to try with the solutions. But I don't know if it's going to have the same effect if they, even if they have another major event, that it would, like it had in the beginning with COVID. It didn't work. I don't believe as planned, and people woke up. So it may not be possible to for the globalists. I'm hoping to complete their evil plan for global domination and technocratic society but it's going to be difficult and i do think we're going to have to see some collapses of some systems and it um you know financial systems probably some sort of um even some of our communication systems maybe the way we interact with the internet probably has to change it's already been hijacked to where we can't find any information on the internet the mm. algorithms and the censorship is completely controlled by ai and it's very difficult to do any type of research anymore online so we have to build our own systems and we have to continue to grow our community in a sense in order to 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 survive the other side of this and come out in a better place and i think we can i really do yeah I, I definitely i'm very optimistic overall you know uh even though like you said i think there's gonna be some pain involved and maybe some transformation of some systems and structures and maybe a little collapse here and there but i think something better is gonna come out out of it i don't think there's gonna be like any massive event i think it's mostly fear-mongering well, if you think uh, about it, as long as we've yeah. been alive, the most massive events really have not had a direct effect on each and every one of our lives. Yes, they've had effects on our lives as, as a trickle-down effect or as a ripple effect from what's happened. But as far as these major events really just blowing up in our backyard – Rarely does happen. If you live in New York when the Twin Towers fell and you lived or were around that area, it directly affected you. But this is also something that we have to look at that's most likely being manufactured in some ways. So we have to be aware that these calamities, these big events are – we have to look and make sure that they aren't manufactured before we react a certain way to them because most likely – if they're created 
by these dark groups, it is for a negative purpose and it's for a negative reaction. So we have to be aware of what's unfolding in the future when it comes to these large events. Yeah, the fear mongering is a big power to shift timelines, you know, constantly be worrying about the next thing, the next thing, mm. the next thing. This kind of puts a lot of people in this mode to worry about stuff and then they start creating that or shifting to that version that resonates yes this is very important for people to like not uh, occupy your minds with all this stuff and uh, focus on like uh, just being the change and uh, your own growth and things like that because i see a lot of people get stressed yeah. what's going to happen you know what's going to happen in a couple of years and things like that yeah you survived till now you're probably gonna find solutions and well it's difficult options. to change i mean you ask anybody that's been addicted to a substance even cigarettes you know how hard is it to change that behavior pattern if you've been especially if you've been doing it for years in our case as humanity we've been living this way our entire existence and now we're starting to see that we need to change well, it's not going to be an overnight thing where we're yeah. automatically able to just start doing these things that we're talking about. We have to talk about them, then slowly start implementing them because, you know, what happens if most people try cold turkey, they end up going insane and wanting to strangle their family members. So we have to ease our way into these things and it's going to take time, but I, I do have the hope and belief that it will eventually turn out for the best for us. Yep. Thank you. Is there anything else you wanted to add before we're going to finish? Let's see. Uh, I just wanted to let the audience know to be on the lookout on multiple streaming platforms in the next coming weeks for the forbidden documentary, Occult Louisiana. You can rent or purchase it right now from our website and there is an ott website that i'm going to send you the link for because i don't remember it offhand if i don't know if you want to put it in your description yeah, link yeah. Whenever it goes out, it. that'd be great yeah so uh, click the link whenever he puts it out there there's you can rent it for a dollar 99 you can purchase it for five dollars from that website but if you go to our personal website forbiddenknowledge.news you can get an HD version for $3. You can download it and own that version. Uh, just go to, like I said, forbiddenknowledge.news. Also, if you go to rockfin.com, and that is R-O-K-F-I-N.com slash F-K-N plus, or just go to Rockfin and search for Forbidden Knowledge News. You can also watch the documentary there with a premium membership. The Rockfin Premium Membership is awesome. It's $14.99 a month, but you get access to not only all of our premium content, all of our shows, the Forbidden Documentary Series, but you also get all the content creators' premium content that are on Rockfin. There's over, it's growing to like five or 600 content creators that are just in this truth community, this conspiracy I think I community. need to... Need to join it you gotta you do me man more, i'm gonna get you uh, 
Yeah, just uh, send me an email. We'll get you a reference to get on there. It's again, they they you get paid for it. They pay you in cryptocurrency, so it's a great platform to be on. So go check that out. That's rockfin.com, R-O-K-F-I-N.com slash F-K-N plus. You sign up there. You can also find us always on all the streaming plat, all the podcast platforms, from Apple to Spotify, all that stuff. We have a channel on YouTube that features clips, 10-minute clips of all our shows. It's called FKN Clips. And you can find us also on Rumble and, like I said, Rockfin. And we our social media is on Facebook and Instagram. And we're on X as well. So find us all on those. And, Mike, thank you so much for having me on. This was a fun thank conversation. You, it was a pleasure. To talk to you. Thanks a lot for joining me today. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thanks. All right. Thanks a lot.